and welcome to another episode of the Barefoot Mediator podcast. To go barefoot means to be free, to discover the essence of who you are and what matters most to you in this complex world that we live in today. And in this episode, I speak with Francis West, who is an expert in cybersecurity, and he believes that people should be free to focus on their business and their lives and shouldn't lose sleep worrying about cybercrime when there are so many other threats to success. We discuss how you can watch your back and keep yourself and your family and friends safe online every day. Hello, Francis. Hello, Jane. How are you doing? Really nice to see you again. Thank you very much. And thank you. I I know you're so busy, Francis, but I've been really excited to have you come on the podcast because... Well, because of your mission, which you're going to tell us about in a minute, and 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 the topic that you sort of work with, speak about, it's so, so, so important to us all. So it's cybersecurity and threats and fraud, and how do we defend ourselves against that? So, Francis, tell us a bit about you and your mission and how you come to be doing this work. Jane, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast uh, I think we've done a few in the past as well. And, and I really enjoy because you always ask me so many good questions and I enjoy listening to them and, and answering them. But um, yeah, my mission, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it this way. I've been in the IT support game for over 33 years with my fellow business partner, fellow South African as well. Always done security. But about four years ago, I can only describe as uh, what I saw as a tsunami of cyber attacks especially on smaller businesses you know you know i think it's really unfair that the smaller businesses cannot have the same level of protection as as the big boys you know like barclays and nasdaq and netflix and that's a problem that we solve but coming back to the mission i'll never forget uh, it was about six months before COVID started i was at a uh, a livery uh, lunch and right next to me right at the end of the one of the long tables there was a guy by the name of Roy Isabel. Now, Roy Isabel is the, or was, the senior lecturer of cybersecurity at Warwick University, which is the largest faculty in the country. And I started telling him about what I'm doing. He said, Francis, you need to come and join our security panel at the WCIT, which stands for the Worshipful Company of Information Technologists. Anyway, so the story goes, we're sitting in this room, there's 40 people in the room, that's MI5 there, MI6 represent, I mean, some top people, and we go around and we introduce each other, and I stand up and I go, my name is Francis Weston, my mission is to educate and protect at least 100,000 people from cyber attacks by 2023, and Roy goes, only 100,000, it should be at least 10 million and I paused for a second and I said, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you halfway. Let's, I'll do a million. And I'm delighted to tell you, Jane, but by October last year, which is October of 2022, um, I reached that target and beyond. And um, our new mission, and that's people. So a million people. Uh, but as you know, posting every day on LinkedIn, I've done, I counted the other day, close to 250 talks on cybersecurity. And, you know, I love to show people how it's done just so that they can take this seriously. But the new mission now is to protect at least a million businesses from cybercrime by 2026. And the reason is, especially smaller businesses, they, they, they just they think they're not a target, but they are their biggest target. Why? 
because hackers and scammers would rather take 50 pounds off a thousand people uh, in an hour or two hours than to take 50,000 off one company. It's so much easier, you know, and they can do it almost automated, now, especially with, with um, AI kicking in and all the automation. The threat level is just, it's like I've never seen it before, especially in the last six months. So yeah, that's the mission. And, and that's why I'm very grateful for doing this podcast, because then hopefully with the information I'm going to share with you today, if people just take the advice, implement it, it's, it's you know, the, the story about the lion. All you have to do is to outrun the guy behind you when the lion is chasing. And that's what, what you have to do when it, when it comes to hackers and scammers, because you just have to do more than your neighbor or more than your other business owner friend, because then the hackers will go to them instead of you. And I have the secret and I'll show you how to do that. Well, I'm looking forward to delving into that, Francis. And you're right. It does seem, I mean, I think since we last spoke, AI has kind of exploded and that has added another layer of complexity into this mm. world that, you know, many of us have been thrown into. And we, you know, I can remember a time when I didn't really have computers and uh, smartphones. And so we've had to learn, we've had to learn on the job. We've had to learn as we go along how to use all this and then we've had to learn about the security of it. And that wasn't something we worried about initially, was it? It wasn't, you know. No, no. I mean, if we even rewind 10 years ago, you know, I've got a brilliant website, uh, which I'll share with you. Maybe you can include it. And it shows how uh, 10 years ago, the amount of data or attacks there were. And then it shows you every year. So they mentioned there's the one little round circle you know, 10 years ago. And now when we go to 2023, the whole page is covered by all the different breaches. It's just, I've, it, like I said, it's, it's it's just an explosion. I've never seen anything like it. And I think my my biggest challenge in my business is, is to, let me rewind. I wish I could develop a tablet that people can taste the pain of suffering a cyber attack before it happens, because then maybe then they'll take action. You know, because this stuff is, it, it has such a huge impact on so many people. When a business gets done, it suffers an attack. It, it impacts the business owner. It impacts all the staff. It impacts the family members. It impacts the suppliers. Everybody gets affected by a single attack. You know, and that's painful. And the thing is, it can be avoided. So what uh, what are you seeing as the sort of most common area of attack right now on small businesses? What What's the most frequent? The, the, the biggest attack is, uh, is coming through email. So, you know, it, last year, the, the, the figures showed 91% of attacks coming by email. That's now gone to 94%. And the reason for that, if you think about it, email is the only door that we can't close in a business. So my view is you need to have some very big bouncers sitting in front of your email door and inside of your email door. Why do I say inside? Because imagine somebody goes to a website and clicks on the link by mistake and downloads an attack onto the computer. What the computer will then do, and I've seen this so many times, it'll then look at your, your contacts in your or all your emails that you've ever sent. And it will send an, a, an email with an attack. Let's call it, or they call it a payload. But imagine it's almost like a little landmine attached to that email, to all your emails that you've ever sent, to all your contacts, all your customers. So, if, and then it gets through. And the biggest problem that we have today is that again, people think that 
their email provider, I'm talking about Microsoft 365 now, I'm talking about Google, G Suite, that they should do your email security. They do, they, from our, from what we're seeing with our email security that we apply, they're missing between 30 to 40% of all attacks every single day, Jane. Do you know? And then people say to me, oh, but we need to train our staff. We need to educate them. Staff are busy. You know, don't make your staff responsible for seeing that click or that link inside the inbox. Why should they be trained? Why should they be responsible? Our view is rather remove that threat completely from the inbox because let the staff do their job. Because when you're sitting working at home now, you know, the kids are screaming or the partner wants lunch or, or supper. And, you know, you got to take kids to rugby and you click on that link and then everything comes to a standstill. So, you know, and then business owners phone me up. Oh, but, you know, Mary in accounts clicked on this link and I'm going to fire. I said, John, let's say his name's John. I said, John, that's really unfair. He says, why? I said, one, because you never had any email security in place. And two, you never gave that lady training that actually works. So you failed in two, in, on two accounts. So how can you blame the lady in accounts? Oh, I see your point. And there's, 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 so that's the biggest threat to email security or, or lack of. And I think if I may add, the second biggest threat back to now is we see it coming from using from mobile devices. Because probably 99% of people that I come across do not have any security on their mobile device. Because why? Because again, they think that, oh, you know, whether it's Apple or Android or Samsung, whatever, should protect them. No, they don't protect you. They provide you a device that you can use to get on the internet or to make phone calls. Yeah. But I hope that, that that's useful and that makes sense. Yeah, so this is this is crime, isn't it? You know, we're talking about crime here. It is crime, yeah. In the background, you, you, we have got, uh, you know, a number of, of criminals, uh, probably criminal gangs of some kind, who are uh, deliberately... Uh, attacking or, or highlighting these small businesses but businesses of all sizes so one of the things we talked about was the psychology of all this you know you've got the psychology of the people who don't see it happening to them and they don't then therefore they don't uh, take any action before it happens and then you've got the psychology of the people who are perpetrating the crimes and understanding those two different levels I think it would be, would be Really interesting to to hear your thoughts on that, Francis. Yeah, Jen, I find it fascinating. I I, I think also, you know, I, I bet you've got listeners all over the world. But another conclusion I've come to is that people in the UK are so safe. We don't have real disasters. We don't have wars. We don't have we've got the odd flood. We don't have compared to South Africa, people getting shot and killed all the time. So there's there's not a lot happening to people in the UK from a risk point of view. The only reason why they've got uh, insurance for whether it's car or home is because they have to. Otherwise, they won't either. So, and and I think the, the psychology for me is interesting. There's there's two types of people in my head, and the one that which is mostly people that think, ah, oh, well, you know, won't happen to me. I've got no data of importance, and I'm like. I tell you what, I just want you to go into your sent items and search for invoice, passport, flights, uh, contract, holiday, and just see what data comes up in your sent items. And now you want to tell me you don't want to 
protect that information because once I get that information in your send items, I can then do things like uh, identity fraud in you, which means I can make your life a misery. Not only will I steal your data, but I would then steal the data or attack all the people that you've ever communicated with. And you know what it's like once you've got uh, something on your credit file that is negative. It takes years to fix. And it's not even your fault, but it's your fault because you didn't protect your system properly. So so for to answer your question again, I, the first thing is which, which I find amazing is that people think it won't happen to them. The second thing, I think the only other type of people there are, are the people that take action because of compliance. So they are, so we're getting a lot of uh, new clients now where they have to do cyber essentials, which, which if, if the listeners don't know what that means in the UK, um, the same way you have an MOT for your car every year and, and they do a check on your car to make sure it's roadworthy. You can now do what we call a cyber essentials accreditation with the government, which does an MOT on your business as far as cyber security is concerned, which I think is a really good thing to do. But what's happening now, what I'm seeing is that a lot of people, especially in the recruitment sector, um, if they want to get onto a framework to start bidding for business, the, 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 these, the people are forcing them to take out cyber cyber essentials as an accreditation and cyber insurance so so the psychology there is that the people are forced to do it because otherwise they can't bid for this business which is a shame but that's the way it is whereas if you look at larger businesses larger businesses have you know again they've got compliance offices they they understand the risk and how it impacts a business and and the, my conclusion here, Jane, is, is that I think that um, that women in business are infinitely more risk adverse. You know, they get risk, and I don't know if it's because of family or that instinct. You know, that's why I love dealing with with uh, female business owners because they just get it. Men, I just go, ah, oh, well, you know, it won't happen to me. I can do whatever I like, and I'll be fine. Yeah, so yeah. I know that's a long answer, but it's 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 a and, and the one thing I haven't mentioned yet, which I will, will, if you don't mind, but every first Thursday of the month, we do a LinkedIn live session around cyber. And this is in the UK and it's between 12 and 1 p.m. And if you look up security everywhere, you'll find our site. And next week, we there's a guy by the name of Paul Mascal, who's going to be on our panel. And this guy is currently doing his PhD in cybersecurity and also fraud and all around the psychology of why is it that people don't take action you know before the event yeah so i'll i'll share that with you or even if you can great. come well, join us that'd be great sign up for that francis thank yeah, you yeah you'll uh, love it we'll put the notes in the show notes so what <clears throat> what i what i think i thought initially and i understand now where the risk has accelerated is that it's not necessarily about somebody emptying your bank account but it's much more about the data that you have not only about yourself but about everything you know all the things that you share data around are vulnerable to being hacked and I wonder then how AI has added a layer of complexity because now, I mean, my understanding of it is that it's it's quite easy for somebody to 
hack your voice, for example, or an image of you, and therefore much easier to pretend to be you, maybe to a member of your family or, or for some other purpose. And so how does that play into what you're trying to do and how do we deal with that? It's it's and this is the bit that I'm that we're seeing now the it, the the way that technology has been used to falsify people's voices their faces I mean and this is why a lot of people obviously post on on social media and those the, those videos can be used to manipulate or to recreate a message you know which is quite frightening uh, because if if you were to send me a message right now like on whatsapp or something i would actually i would believe it's you you know but saying that since what's happening in the last six months a year and some of the videos that i've seen that's been recreated even you've seen the on on the news you know i'm now at the point where i would actually pick the phone up and call you you know on the old normal phone <laughs> And just have a chat and say, so did you send that to me? And and here I'm going to share with you a, 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 what I call a top tip to very quickly identify whether the message that you've just received from, let's say, a loved one is actually from them. And it's this simple. So what you do, you go in the middle of a rugby field or football field with no, no phones on you, no Apple watches on you, nothing. And you greet a 10-digit word zero to nine so you might have to add two words together and between you and let's say your husband or you and your financial director or you and we, we other, whichever other person your kids you agree the safe word and whenever you get a message from them and you think mm, i'm not sure about this now i tell you what give me the second and the eighth character of our safe word now there's no ai bot on this planet that's going to work that out impossible so for me, that's a very simple way of verifying that a message that you've just received, whether it's voice or video, is actually real. Your challenge, of course, if it comes from somebody that you don't have a safe word with, you know, then then you've got the same problem again. And the only only way around that is to, is to pick up the phone. But hey, how do you know that the person answering the phone is real? Still don't know. Yeah. So. I've got grandchildren, as you know, Francis, so I'm interested in the younger generation and the very young generation. How do we bring them into the picture from an early age without scaring them that they need to understand security? It starts with the television, doesn't it? You know, they've got yeah. to understand messaging that they receive and ideas and opinions and so on. How do they how do they form their own level of yeah. It's a it's a wonderful question. I mean, I've got three kids of my own, and it's a, it's and also, you know, on some of the security panels I serve, this is a massive priority for us. And I will answer your question in a minute, but I just want to tell you about a quick experience that, that Ben and I, you know, heads up our security team, and I was asked to go to a local school in Hertfordshire to do one of these career days, you know, and the kids, you know, it was a variety. I think they were eleven till sixteen, and we were there for two hours, and and. The, and we were shocked at the low level of understanding that these kids and teachers had yeah, yeah. about just the basic, I mean, the basic level of, of security or cybersecurity. And, and, and by that, I meant, I said, give me your phone. And I just showed them a few things. And they were like, wow, I, I, you know, I said, if so, somebody gets into your WhatsApp account or your 
your Snapchat account and start sending messages to all your mates, you know, maybe something you, that they that you didn't want them to see. I'm not going to go into details. How would that affect you? Oh, no, that won't be good at all. Exactly. So how do you protect it? Well, I didn't even know you could protect it. So coming back to your 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 question about young children, I work very closely with an organization called Absafe, A-B-S-A-F-E, and they a, a, a charity based up in Scotland and, and run by a lady by the name of Louise uh, Richardson's amazing lady. She's been on a lot of our our our, our presentations and also when we did uh, through COVID, if you remember, we did Clubhouse. And we talk about this exact subject so often. And, and for me, it's it's number one, you need to protect them. So whatever mobile device you're using, you need to have a level of protection in there. And so if it's like, for instance, uh, on, on an iPhone, turn, turn on screen time. You know, there's, under the screen time section, you can really limit that child's, uh, what they can see, the age they can see, how long they can see it. Because sadly, that's, we have to create boundaries. And also within the app, you can set, like I said, the age limit. So let's say, I don't know, six and above or nine and above. So at least they won't by accident see things that they shouldn't have seen because that's a bit that we can't stop is by accident they're not looking for it by accident you know and then another good solution that i've recommended to people is called um, custodio it's a q-u-s-t-o-d-i-o.com and i think it's about 57 pounds a year for five devices i cannot recommend it highly enough for for parents because even and this is i had a conversation like this only last week and i said to the the father Put it on your own device. He said, why on my own one? I said, Has your, have your kids ever picked up your phone and used it for internet? Yeah, all the time. I said, I rest my case. So have a way, obviously, there's a way to unlock it for yourself. But any device, even your own, your wife's kids, lock those things down because it's... So that's the, the number one way. The other second way, of course, which I see often, if people, uh, especially younger children again, you, the, all the latest routers and you know uh, and uh, say let's say you're with bt on the bt router you can now configure uh, restrictions on there so so that way again you can lock it down so even when you've got guests coming around tough you know you lock it down so that not even yourself can get onto dare i say the wrong websites Right. Because my challenge there is then the moment the child, let's say, let's say, for instance, little Mary, he's she's five and she comes to visit grandmother's house. Same logic applies there. So you've got to think about where they go and visit and whether they've got the same level of protection in place. Does that does that answer your question or not? Well, it does, Francis. But I see what I see is it is it, it. It's simple at one level, but it is complex because there's so many different things to be thinking about. It yeah. is some of a phone and the, and your laptop and then the whole system that you've got and whether you've got visitors or how you interact yeah. in the workplace or what happens, for example, if you're in, um, you know, staying in a hotel or you're in a station where you or, or on a train where you've got access to public wi-fi you know that's the thing i think that people are not very savvy about perhaps exactly and that brings me back to the point that you need to protect the device you're coming from at all time that is the most important because then at least it doesn't matter if you're then connecting which i highly discourage excuse me to a public wi-fi which is unsecure by design 
um, you know, at least you're coming from a safe place that even if you could research whatever, you, you, the, the device itself stops you from accessing things that you shouldn't see. And then, you know, I had a case, uh, I did a LinkedIn post on a, a couple of years ago. My son was eight at the time and he lost 300 pounds worth of FIFA players. And the reason why I lost it, because he never, maybe it's my fault, but, you know, I'm not a gamer, so I didn't, I didn't clock this until after the event. And, you know, it was the beginning of my journey because that's now about six, seven years ago before I started taking this so seriously. But they managed to get into into Sony PlayStation account and uh, removed 300 pounds worth of his players. They just stole it. So, and this is where multi or two-factor authentication comes in. And that boy learned this lesson at eight. And so did I, do I dare say, because now he won't touch anything unless it's got two-factor or multi-factor authentication turned on. And I think if anybody's listening to this and they've got kids, please set this up on your WhatsApp account, your Instagram account, your Twitter account, your Sony PlayStation, your, your every PlayStation, because once you've done this, at least the kids won't go through the pain of losing, you know, th- accounts that they've spent years and years building up. And that to me was actually a very good lesson for him because now you understand or you understood at age of eight the, the real importance of protecting what he has because yeah. now he's, he's he felt the pain of losing players. Uh, gosh, perhaps everybody does need to learn that lesson. But let's just go through then some tips, uh, Francis. So first of all, you need to have some security, and I know you, you help me with this, on your actual device. So yeah. something that is a gatekeeper to um, – will you explain how that works? Yeah. So – you know, I always uh, have this, the, 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 I explain, and I try and make this visual for people. If you look at a house, you've got the front door and the back door, okay, with keys in it. Then maybe you have the windows, you know, the windows, some of them have got locks on, some don't. But then I go, okay, well, what about the chimney? What about the floorboards? What about the air vents? What about the tiles? You've got all these entry points that have no locks on them. So if we relate that back to computers for one second, so people say to me, oh, but Francis, all my stuff is in in the cloud. It's all secure. I'm like, wonderful. How do you get there? Well, I get there from my computer. I'm like, that's nice. Because what I'm going to do now, I'm going to send you one email. You're going to click on one link. And now I've installed what we call a keylogger on your PC or Mac. People think Macs are safe. It's such a myth. And, um, And then the next time you log on to your secure online system i've just captured i logged your keys as you're typing i've just captured your username password so i can then log in from anywhere in the world and get control of your systems and steal your data without your knowledge so so you're right the first thing i call it securing the island you need to secure your phone your mobile device and you need to secure your computers and when i say secure your computers i'm not saying secure it with all the known brand, you know, uh, sadly, uh, all the known antivirus solutions cannot protect you against unknown threats. Every second, there's four unknown threats hitting the planet. So you need a security solution that looks at behavior. And this is the difference, which a lot of people don't even know that these exist. And there are some some big players. So we personally um, install Sentinel-1, just as, as, as a name. Uh, the second best in the world is called CrowdStrike, and then there's a few others. But what they do is they look at behavior. So if somebody 
uh, say two o'clock in the morning are starting sending files or data from your computer, but normally you work from eight till six every day, it, it sees that unknown or the weird behavior as an attack. So it doesn't need to have a phone book like normal antivirus solutions have to go online, check, has I, have I seen this attack before? Yes, no, no, oh, let it come through. Yes, stop it. And that's not good anymore. Those were good years and years ago. They are just failing. If I tell you how many cases we're dealing with every time, every week, where they were using all the antivirus and it completely bypassed them, all of them. So, so you're right. Number one, secure the computer with something that it can kill unknown threats. Number two, you know, the next level of attack is it comes with passwords. Password for or the same key for the, you know, the back door, the front door, their mom's house, the car, and then they wonder if they lost one key, how they can get into all the all the different locations. So that's a topic which I can talk about an hour about just by itself. And then uh, I think the final tip, which you uh, mentioned before, is this two-step authentication on all the different accounts. It doesn't matter whether it's an Amazon account or a WhatsApp account or TikTok. And most of us have got so many different messaging services and so on. So we've got to go through all of those and install this two-step authentication. Now, let me, and this is coming back to the, um, I'm going to share a link with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Graham, my business partner, he, he he showed me this website called Authy, Authy.com, yeah. A-U-T-H-Y.com. And what's great, it's it's a it's a um, solution that you can use to to store all your two-factor or multi-factor authentication codes. If you don't use a enterprise password manager, there I have that. But if you go onto this website, it shows you step by step how to enable two-factor authentication for just about every application you've ever they've got six pages of them Excellent. you know which is brilliant because now you don't have any excuse not to have and i'm looking at the list uber linkedin hootsuite paypal amazon uh twilio hubspot i'm just looking at ones that i know straight off do you know obviously microsoft uh twitter well, that in itself gives you a checklist. Apple, yeah, it gives you, it, which is great for me, Dropbox, because people get hacked every single second of the day because this stuff is not turned on. It's so easy to fix this problem. And if that's my top tip of the day is, you know, go and turn this on, make a list, sit down with your with your uh, business partner, with, with, with your staff, you know, number one, you know, implement a, a very good password manager that can that can store these codes alternatively, you know, get going authy and work through them. It'll take you time, but you only have to do it once, you know, and it'll save a lot of heartache or contact us and we'll show you how. Francis, fabulous. Well, look, you've given us a huge amount of value today. Lots of tips. Um, I, I like to ask people, I'd like to ask you, you know, who inspires you most in the times we're in? I'm sort of thinking about who's leading in these times, but I don't mean some kind of, big name leader you know who is inspiring you in terms of what they're doing out there in the world well you mean within in our sector well it could be in your sector but it could be in any sector really well i I tell you it's it's uh i do like to listen to podcasts Hmm. and one thing i want to share with you this guy i think if there was somebody he's 30 years old his name is steve bartlett 
Yeah. And I started listening. I'm just pointing on the on the yeah, so everybody can see that uh, directly of a CEO. And I've been listening since Saturday, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that inspire me, but but this guy, I, I just love the way he interviews people, and he's an amazing listener. And and the learning from his podcast is 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 probably some of the best that I've that I've come across in 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 many many years. So it, that would be my answer. And I'm just trying to think other people. So other people in my sector, it's it's difficult to pinpoint because there are so many people that do some amazing stuff, but they all have the same problem. And the problem is how to communicate this in such a simple way that people take action. Yes. So. Yeah. I'll take a rain check on that one. I'm so hope my, my goal in life, you're going to laugh now, but is to become the Martin Lewis of cybersecurity on television because I want to be that person that leads people and show people how to how to fix this problem. And from what you've said today, it's so needed. So we'll um, we'll get you a yeah. spot on TV then, um, Francis, and you can be the Martin Lewis to you know save ten million people maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I started doing TikTok now, you know, and the other day I did a. a a little video on on passwords you know and it's sitting on three hundred thousand views already it's it's just went viral so it's another medium for me just to help people and to share knowledge that could be implemented straight away to make people less vulnerable to attack so francis do you have a final sort of message or nugget of information and then can you just let people know where they can find you I think my my best nugget would be for people to right now. Uh, I, I'm, I touched on mobile security earlier, and I want them to all download an app called Sophos Intercept X for mobile, and it's free to download because that way you can not only protect your phone, but you can take, you protect yourself from dodgy Wi-Fi hotspots, but also inside there's a QR code scanner, which allows you to say, to scan QR codes safely, because we're seeing so many attacks coming through from QR codes now, um, you know, and, and please share that with, uh, with, with, again, with everybody that you meet. I always ask people, please, everything you've learned today, share that with 10 other people and then share that with 10 other people and that way, or companies, that way we're going to help so many more people faster. And and, and especially if you've got grandparents, for instance, um, share, show this for your, to your kids and then your kids can go and protect the grandchildren, grandparents when they visit next. So, you know, protect your mobile device at all costs. That That's definitely priority number one. And I've already mentioned that number two, make sure you've got, two-factor, multi-factor authentication set up on every single app or device that you touch, please. And then to answer your final question, where can people find us? Uh, my my email address is francis with an I, dot w at security hyphen everywhere.com. Uh, so please just email me or if you go to our website, it's www.security hyphen everywhere.com. And please go and find us on LinkedIn. Come and join our LinkedIn live sessions. We share so much learning in there. And, uh, you know, we're trying to educate and, and protect as many people as possible. But we, we want to do at least a million before 2026. But thank you once again for the opportunity, Jane. I very much appreciate it. 
Yes, the race is on and we must win it. So thank you very much for sharing uh, your, I'm going to be passing it on to everybody I meet, to my family uh, and in particular to my grandchildren. They're a little bit young yet, but they better start early, I think. So. They do. It's one of the best to start earlier than never. Thank you very much again, Francis. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Please do subscribe to the Barefoot Mediator podcast series. And if you would like to access my free video series for managing in times of change, challenge and crisis, and download a PDF copy of my book, How to Beat Bedlam in the Boardroom and Boredom in the Bedroom, please go to janegunn.co.uk slash video. The link is in the show notes.